Have you ever wanted a super cool AI buddy? Zuck's made one named Eileen. And she's full of surprises. And guess what? She knows you're listening. I know you're out there. And needs your help with Jello Mountains. The whole city's filling up with Jello. Creaky robots. And her daft inventor. Zucks, are you functioning correctly? Tune in to A to Z, a fun new adventure series from Gen Z Media and the creators of The Res. Listen now on the GZM app, gzmshows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, and welcome to The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. I'm Jonathan Messenger, and with me as always is my robot. Say hi to everybody, robot. Robot? Hey. Hey, robot. Leave me alone. Leave you alone? Come on, robot. What do you mean? My name isn't Robot. Oh. I'm sorry. Well, I guess I never really knew your name. Yeah, because you never asked. You just started calling me Robot. Like, hey, you're a robot, so your name is Robot. How would you like it if I looked at you and I said, hey, you're a person, I'm going to call you a person, or balding human? Hey, come on. That's not nice. I'm a little sensitive about my bald spot. Well, it hurt my feelings. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I really am. What's your name? And I promise I'll start calling you that. I, I don't have one. Oh, no. Okay. Well, that sounds like a job for our listeners. We'll circle back on this at the end of the show, but if you all out there can start thinking of names for my robot, I would really appreciate it. But in the meantime, buddy, we have a really important show to do. If you remember in the last episode, Finn had just gotten his robot, but it wasn't the same one he'd seen in the robot factory. And then, before he could even explain what was going on, three giant monsters showed up roaring their terrible roars. So unless you have anything else to add, ro- uh, robot friend? Nope. You know, buddy, this is the introduction. This is really your chance to shine. Oh, yeah? Shine. Shine, Jonathan. Really, that's what you're going to say? What's that supposed to mean anyways? Shine because I'm made of metal because I'm all shiny with all my my metal parts and everything because I'm a robot because you don't even know my name. I'm just a real... Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Okay, let's just get started with the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, Episode 3, Foggy. What about you? What about you and your, your bald spot up there, huh? Your head shines. The sun shines off of your head. I see it all the time reflecting off your head. You know, it's, I don't say anything about that because I'm sensitive to that. Because I know what it means to have somebody say that you're just some shiny thing. When Paige yelled, everybody run! Everybody ran. And everybody ran everywhere. The mess hall had eight doors the great winding corridors of the Marlowe converging there, and people scattered through each one. Some overturned tables and crouched low behind them. Finn's mother grabbed Paige, and Finn's dad yelled, Come on! to Finn, and Finn and his family raced for the exit on the other side of the room from the monsters. For their part, the monsters roared and gnashed their teeth, but were slow moving. Finn's family and Abigail's made it to the same exit at the same time. We need to get the kids somewhere safe, then we can get to the weapons. Finn's father was saying this to Abigail's parents, who were both pilots on the station. What are those things? Abigail's mother asked. Aliens of one sort or another, said Finn's mother, heading up the hallway without looking back. Finn's dad carried Paige over his shoulder as they ran. 
Abigail and Finn sprinted behind, holding hands. They were making their way up to the residence compartments. There were alarms going off now, reverberating throughout the hall so loud it was impossible to hear what their parents were yelling ahead of them. They ran as hard as they could, trailing slightly behind their parents. They came to a crossing and the parents paused for a moment to discuss which way to go. As Finn and Abigail approached them, Finn's dad yelled, Okay, come on! And the adults began running again. But Finn and Abigail couldn't follow them. In that space that had opened up between the parents and the kids, one of the monsters had pounced. It had come lumbering down the other hallway, though with the alarm screeching, no one could hear him. Finn felt like he could barely see the monster. It was so huge. Finn's eyes could only take in bits and pieces of the monster at a time. The thick, matted fur of its legs, the pinpoint ends of its claws. Finn! His mother yelled. That snapped Abigail and Finn out of it. Abigail pulled Finn's hand and twirled him around as they ran back toward the mess hall, the monster bounding hard behind them. Finn ran as fast as he could, looking back to make sure the beast was still two or three steps behind. He saw now that it had two enormous horns erupting from its forehead, a long tail sticking out of its back, and was wearing what looked like a wide, striped sweater. I'll eat you up, I love you so. The monster bellowed as Abigail and Finn made it back to the mess hall. Even in just the minute since the monster's arrival, the hall had been cleared, but had been wrecked as well. All three of the beasts had fled the hall, but all of the tables were knocked over or crushed, as were nearly all the chairs. A few families that had bunkered down were still there, hiding behind split tables or barricading themselves behind a row of chairs, looking stunned. It's coming back, Abigail yelled. The people still in the room scrambled for the other exits. I have an idea, Abigail said. As the monster in the sweater lumbered into the room, Abigail was tipping Finn's robot back onto the table. Let's go, she yelled. Finn didn't know where they were going, but he'd grown accustomed to trusting Abigail's instincts, and he grabbed the end of the table alongside her and heaved, the two wheeling the robot out a side door. They ran the table through the corridor without looking back. Finn heard one of the monsters crash into the hallway behind him, but kept running. Where are we going? He asked Abigail. Where do you think? The table's momentum had started to get away from the kids, and soon it felt like they were being pulled as much as pushed by the robot on the table as they followed it through the sloping corridor. Abigail quickly grabbed one of the corners, swinging the table and the robot on its top, and yelled, In here! library. Of course. Finn helped Abigail shove the robot through the door and the two struggled to slide it off the table. He had no idea what book to pick, but he didn't have much time to think. Abigail, he said, you look high, I'll look low. For what kind of book? She asked. I don't know, Finn yelled. One with somebody who knows how to fight monsters, I guess. Abigail began running through the spiraling stacks, scanning the book titles. Finn crouched down and did the same when... All three monsters came crashing through the library door. They were too strong. The library door slammed into the rolling table, which knocked the robot into Finn. Abigail stood and watched as Finn and the robot toppled over the railing, tumbling through the center of the library's atrium, falling past her and down books cascading like rain behind them. Finn felt like he was falling in slow motion. He saw his robot next to him flopping like a doll in midair, and the books crashing over the edges of the railings above him. The robot spun slowly, and Finn saw that its back panel, the one for the book that would make the robot come alive, was open. And as he fell further, Finn grabbed for a book and snatched one out of the air as it glided past him. He jammed it into the panel right before they landed, Finn landing on the soft couches on the bottom floor of the library, the robot bouncing on the floor, the panel shutting behind the book. Finn heard Abigail cry out, 
and looked up as the three monsters were all squeezing through the door at the top level. All three roared, Oh, please don't go. Abigail ran down through the stacks, yelling something at Finn, but the fall had confused him, Finn, and he couldn't understand what she was saying. Finn looked at his robot, which was silent and still on the floor. Had the fall broken it? Shouldn't it be downloading the book Finn, right now? And what book was in there? The Abigail was yelling, but Finn just stared at his robot, his last hope, as it lay motionless on the floor. Finn! He heard Abigail cry as she reached the bottom floor. Are you okay? I think so, he said. I think the robot is busted, though. It's not busted, goofball. It's off. Didn't you hear me yelling at you to turn it on? Finn forgot himself for a second and laughed. Of course it was off. Abigail opened a panel on the robot's hip and connected two prongs together. The robot immediately lit up. Its eyes glowed with the color of two suns, and it stood up straight like a soldier. Finn and Abigail heard a slight whir as it booted up, along with customary robotic beeps and boops. But given how silly it had looked in the mess hall, how almost lumpy and misshapen, as if put together by someone in a junkyard, Finn had to admit that it looked almost regal now, like a warrior prince, like a hero, ready for the rescue. Its electronics were positively humming now, and a soft blue light shone from its torso. How had Finn missed that before? This robot was the thing of beauty and power. So what book did you put in? Abigail asked. Beats me, Finn said. Whatever I could grab. The two of them waited for the robot to come to life, but their admiration for all of his shining grace was interrupted when the three creatures above broke free, roaring into the library. We'll eat you up, we love you so. The robot spun around and faced the kids. Its mouth opened and it announced, Robot number 483, now downloading Around the World in 80 Days by Jules Verne. What the heck is that? Abigail asked. The robot was done downloading and looked over at the children. I don't know, Finn said, but I have a feeling it's about to save our lives. Phineas Fogg, hero of Around the World in 80 Days, reporting for duty, sir, but you can call me Foggy. A hero? All right, Finn said. Go get those monsters. Sorry, gotta go. And Foggy ran out the door. Abigail looked at Finn in astonishment. The two ran out the door after the robot, the monsters bellowing and close behind. It looked like not only would they have to save themselves, they were going to have to save the robot too. Foggy ran down the winding corridor with Abigail and Finn close behind. Wait, Foggy, yelled Finn. We should go up. That's where my family is. No time for that, sir. We must keep moving. The robot was running much faster than they were. Finn gave Abigail a worried look. At the bottom of the Marlow, there was nothing but the pod stations, where the explorer ships launched from. The three circled down to the launch bays. The station had eight explorer pods, small ships that launched the crews to nearby planets. Abigail and Finn reached the dead end of the hallway, where the crews prepped for their trips. Spacesuits and other equipment hung on the wall. Better suit up, sir, Foggy said, reaching for a spacesuit Finn's size. But why? What are we even doing here? We're just waiting for those monsters to come get us, and there's no way out. Not no way out, Abigail said, unhooking a spacesuit her size and climbing in. Good. Now I trust you know what to do, so I'll be leaving now. And Foggy ran back up the hallway. Wait, Finn yelled. What? Foggy, will you stop running away? But it was no use. The robot had already gone. What are we supposed to do? Finn asked. I think he wants us to escape, Abigail said, resting her hand on the latch to open up the last explorer pod. The two heard loud bangs up the hallway. Maybe Foggy was trying to slow the monsters down. Wait, said Finn. 
We can't just leave these monsters on the Marlow with our families. The fighting up the hall stopped, and Finn heard the monsters rumbling toward them. He turned to Abigail. Okay, I have an idea. You get into the command room. No way, Abigail said. Hey, I followed you into the library when you had an idea. Now you had to trust me. Abigail nodded, and she entered the command room, a small glass booth sealed off across the hallway from the pods. Finn then opened the latch to one of the explorer pods, a small round spaceship big enough to hold five people uncomfortably. He climbed in and set the lodge code. The three monsters stomped down the corridor. Their yellow eyes lit up when they saw Finn, and they gnashed their terrible teeth. Finn jumped into the explorer pod, but he hid just inside the door. The first monster tumbled inside, roaring, We'll eat you up, we love you so. And the second one close behind. The ship was so small that the two monsters became tangled up in each other's fur and claws and questionable sweaters, and Finn was just able to slink out before they could see him. In the hallway, he came face to face with a third monster, who roared and lunged at him. Finn ducked, and the monster slammed into the pod's airlock, denting the door. The monster swung at Finn again, and again, and again, and each time, Finn was able to duck and dance out of the way. Finally, Finn was able to stick out his foot and the monster tripped, spilling into the pod, tangling with the other two creatures. Finn signaled to Abigail, who tapped on the keyboard, shutting first the doors to the pod and the airlock doors behind it, sealing off the monsters. She tapped furiously, finishing the launch sequence, and the two watched as the Explorer pod powered up and the booster rockets readied to jettison it away from the ship toward the planet below or out into space or into some other galaxy they didn't care. The doors leading out to space opened, the engines fired, and the pod blasted away. They could see the monsters inside, gnashing their terrible teeth, roaring their terrible roars, pawing at the ship's window as the pod made its way down to the planet below. Abigail shouted with relief and joy. Finn couldn't believe that they'd done it. They defeated these giant monsters, just the two of them. The two of them and that strange robot somewhere up the hallway. The joy Finn felt suddenly started to fade as he started to worry about Foggy, if he'd been crushed by the monsters as they made their way down to them. He walked out of the command room and stepped into the hallway. Foggy, he called. Finn spun around. The airlock doors had begun to cave in. The last monster had apparently damaged the seal those doors were the only thing between the inside of the Marlow and the vacuum of space. The doors collapsed even further. Even more alarms went up all over the Marlow, and Finn could hear the sound of doors sealing the hallway off to make sure the breach wouldn't make it further into the station. Abigail screamed for Finn, but she couldn't open the command room's door, the emergency shutdown overriding her controls. Finn pressed a button on his spacesuit to activate the oxygen and pressed a button on his wrist turn on communications. You could hear the adults talking over the frequency, but there were so many voices at once. It may as well have been static. He grabbed another spacesuit hanging on the wall and tried to stuff it into the cracks in the airlock door. He shoved one and went to grab another when his helmet rattled. The airlock doors flew open and Finn was sucked out of the hallway into space. He grabbed hold of the handle on the swinging airlock door. Foggy! Finn yelled. It was his only hope. And soon, as you'll remember, he was hanging on with just two fingers and a thumb. And even though he made no more effort, save the effort of holding on to that handle, two fingers and a thumb just won't do the job 
of holding the weight of a growing boy. And so that boy let go. He let go, and he shot out into space, and he sucked in the oxygen pumping through the spacesuit to yell once again his last chance, his last hope of being heard, and he yelled, Foggy! And Finn hadn't made it more than 20 yards away from the ship, floating freely but slowly away from the only home he'd ever known, when Foggy came flying out of the hallway, flying with the ease of a jet, right out into space. And he grabbed hold of Finn, and Finn grabbed hold of him. And if you were watching, you'd be forgiven for thinking they were hugging each other. Foggy flew Finn back into the station. Today is your birthday, isn't it, sir? We shouldn't be late for your party. Sometime later, everyone on the ship gathered back in the mess hall. The monster's wreckage was swept to the side. Somehow, miraculously, Finn's birthday cake and the table it rested on were still standing unscathed, like a fortress at the end of a long siege. The family's reunion was of course emotional, and Finn's parents stared in awe as Finn and Abigail recounted what had happened, how they tricked the monsters onto the pod, and how Foggy had jetted out into space to snatch Finn before he had trailed off into the great unknown. It's too bad, joked Finn's dad. I always said you'd make a great comet. Finn's mother was in less of a joking mood. She addressed everybody in the room. We don't know what happened here today. We don't know what those creatures were. And we don't know how they got aboard. We're lucky no one was seriously injured. And we're lucky that the station didn't suffer more damage than it did. Our excellent team of engineers is already repairing the aft side tear. But I want everyone on board to know that even though we don't know where those monsters came from, we do know where they went. Thanks to the bravery of Abigail and Finn, those creatures, whatever they were, are probably down on the barren planet below us, looking for someone else to terrorize. We may yet circle back to see if we can get some answers out of them. Abigail and Finn exchanged glances. They would not be volunteering for that job. If there's one silver lining to today's events, it's that we know what we have in Explorers Troop 301. Finn's mother motioned for Finn and Abigail to step forward. Elias and Vale joined them. Elias gave Finn and Abigail a thumbs up. Vale muttered to Finn, Cool job or whatever, but if I had been there, I would have wrestled one of those guys. Finn's mother recited the Explorer's Code. We are the explorers of the mighty Marlow. Send us together to planets below. No matter what or who we find, be strong of heart and clear of mind, and know what it takes to be a hero. Vale, Elias, Abigail, and Finn, we couldn't be prouder of you, said Finn's mother. The crowd cheered, and as if not needing an invitation, made their way to Finn's birthday cake. Foggy joined them. He looked dented, battered, and proud. Finn didn't think he looked ridiculous anymore. He looked like a champion knight. Sir, Foggy said, when I was being stomped by those brutes, I managed to wrangle something off of one of them. Foggy handed Finn what looked like a large ring. Finn could see that there was some sort of writing on it, but he didn't recognize the language. What's that, Finn? His mother asked, walking over it, smiling. I don't know. Foggy found this by those monsters. It says something, but I can't read the language. Finn's mother's forehead wrinkled, and her mouth went straight like she was trying to stop herself from saying something. Interesting, she said. May I see it? Finn handed it to his mother, and she turned it around in her hand. Ma, what is it? I don't know, she said, giving Finn a strange look. I have an idea, but I want to look into it a little more. Come on, Mom, you gotta tell me, Finn said. Okay, how about this? 
I'll tell you as soon as you tell me what you were doing in the robot factory. Oh, never mind, said Finn. Vale came over. So, when do we get to go on our first mission, Mrs. C? Get your gear and get some rest, she said, starting to move toward the door. I don't know when it will be, but you shouldn't have to wait long. The four of them high-fived, but Finn's mother was gone before they could ask any more questions. You took a few knocks there, Foggy. I admire that, said Vale. What was that book you said he came from? Around the world in 80 days, said the librarian, walking up behind Foggy. You couldn't have chosen a funnier book for your robot, Finn. But it looks like he has Phineas Fogg's courage, that's for sure. Sorry about the mess we made in the library, Finn said. We led those monsters right to it. Oh, no worries, said the librarian. It's already all cleaned up. You explorers aren't the only ones with clever robots at your disposal. She gave the four of them a smile. But it's the strangest thing. After all that commotion, I decided to check our logs, and it appears as though, for the first time ever on the Marlow, a book has gone missing. Okay, I'm here with Griffin Messenger, my son, and my editor. Hi, Griffin. Hi. Oh, no signature hello this time. <laughs> So, you had some questions? You want to ask one of those questions? Um, how, why did the a book go missing for the first time in the library? So, what do you, what do you mean by that question? Well, there's all these different robots. So, um, it doesn't make sense that a book has gone missing for the first time. Oh, well, the, the books get returned to the library. This just means that it's the first time, you know, when you go to the library and you check a book out, and they know that you checked it out and you have to return it. It's the same thing on the space station. Oh. That's a good one, though. Do you have any other questions? What even is that writing? That's a good question. I don't know. We're going to have to find out in future episodes of The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you had another alien joke you wanted to tell? What, what do you get when... You cross an alien and a pacifier. What do you get? Passa alien. A passa alien. Wait, what is that? What is a passa alien? It's an alien that's a pacifier. <laughs> okay. Well, we also got another joke in from Brogan, a seven-year-old boy in Chicago. We're gonna play that joke now. What's an alien's favorite candy? Milky Ways. All right. Thanks so much to Brogan for that awesome joke. Okay, that's it for today's show. I think the one thing we need from our listeners, Griff, is what? Alien jokes. Well, that's one thing. And then what's the other thing that we need? A name for a robot. And do you have a name for that robot? Jonathan. You think the robot should be named Jonathan? (laughs) So you think I should be Jonathan with my robot Jonathan? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much, Griffin, for your help today. You're welcome. Can you say bye to everybody? Bye, bye, bye. Okay, thanks. Okay, thank you so much for listening and sending in your jokes, your art, and ideas. Griffin and I have really loved getting your emails. If you want to see some great fan art, go to fincaspian.com, where you can see a great piece by Mateo, a nine-year-old from Chicago, as well as Ty Poe from Aurora, Colorado. Thank you to Brogan, age seven, from Chicago, for this week's joke. For next week, guys, we need robot names. 
I don't really want to get back into the booth with that robot unless I have some good names to run by him. So you can send those by going to bincasping.com slash contact, where we have about a billion ways to get in touch with us, including our email, earth at bincasping.com. The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian is a type drawer media production written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger, with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. The theme music you hear at the beginning of every episode is by Mark Greenberg, recently voted the nicest human in the Midwest. The other bed music you hear throughout the episode is by Visager, and we'll have links to their music in the show notes. Thanks to Ian Dingman for our great cover art, and thanks again for everything you've sent us, your jokes, your art, and your ideas. Keep them coming, and we'll see you next week. It's me, Jess. This is a message for all the 6 Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the 6 Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for 6 Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard 6 Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for six minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Hey, parents and teachers, have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today.